outspoken debate and essential listening. The No Nonsense Breakfast with Penny Smith. In for Julia Hartley Brewer on Talk Radio. Uh, let us talk a bit more about what you heard there in the news from the Sandy War. Tech giants must no longer be left to police themselves. This is what MPs are arguing. They're saying the era of internet self-regulation has to come to an end. And they're saying that this is the Code of Ethics, which is proposed by the committee, would define what constitutes harmful or illegal content and social media companies who breach the code by failing to remove such material would face financial penalties. Uh, now in the studio, Daniel Bruce, the CEO of Internews. It's an international non-profit company empowering people worldwide with the trustworthy high-quality news and information uh, they need. And Daniel, good morning good to morning. you. This is something which echoes Germany's Facebook law. So that's where social media companies can be fined up to 50 million euros for failing to remove hate speech within 24 hours. I think I think it's really important with this inquiry to kind of take ourselves back to where all of this began, uh, which was an inquiry into fake news mm. after the Brexit referendum and and uh, subsequent political events in the UK. And then when you look at the recommendations in today's publication, uh, 90% of them focus perhaps predictably on the role of social media organisations, big data and electoral law. Um, our contention would be that actually, if you take it back to the issue of fake news, which is itself, of course, has become a somewhat discredited term, and we talk more, it's more palatable now to talk about disinformation and misinformation, but the, the two fundamental building blocks of tackling those problems, in addition to dealing with the wild west of digital and social media, have to be a stronger news media environment uh, in countries the world over, the UK included, uh, and media literacy and it was a citizen's mm. ability to understand that environment. And so I feel some of those pieces are, are missing and it's not a surprise at all that essentially we've got a regulatory response which is proposed today. In a bad way, you're saying that's not that this is not the right way to be going. Well, you mentioned the, the the Germany example, which I think has has clearly been effective to a point, and that's cited in very positive terms in today's report. But hate speech, which is what the German law deals with, is one part of the challenge on social media generally. The French law around uh, fake news in elections is also mentioned in, in a positive light in today's report. And again, that, those are tiny pieces of the puzzle in what is a massively complex kind of digital chaos that's created. Well, so, it is chaos, isn't it? Yes. I mean, that's the problem. What can you trust anymore? And that is, and that is, you know, I, I've had nieces and nephews phoning me up and saying, is it true that such and such? And I said, unlikely, where did you read it? And then you find out where it came from and you say, well, therefore, the likelihood is that it's disinformation or what is the difference between disinformation and misinformation? Must so, be a very fine line. <laughs> it is a very fine line. So, so disinformation is, is that which is created purposefully to mislead. Misinformation is accidental. Oh, right. Yes. I did not know that. Did you uh, two know that? You must have known that, surely, Bobby. <laughs> I feel like I have to say yes, <laughs> even though it's not Just true. Just say yes, yes, exactly. So, so this is, and this is the sort of thing that they were talking about when they looked at allegations of Russian disinformation ca campaigns, i.e. targeted wrong information to make people do something that they would not normally have done if they had known the truth. Yes, exactly. It, <laughs> it, it's very interesting that after the committee published its interim report back in the summer, uh, that 64% of the online traffic in response to that report, the IP addresses were traceable back to Russia. Mm. Um, and I think it's, it's those nuances and complexities that I question if you can regulate them out fully. And well, I that's what I was just going jacket. to say. So how do you, how on earth would you 
go about trying to stop this slew of of disinformation slash misinformation when when it's so quick to post exactly i think it was a very seminal study which which came out from mit last year which looked at MIT? The, the, the massachusetts institute i can't uh-huh. say massachusetts yes. institute of technology <laughs> at this time in the morning institute of technology and they looked at the, the whole existence of twitter and 124,000 contentious news stories on twitter and they found that they those fake news stories or disinformation spread up to 20 times faster uh, than real news and so that i i don't think you can regulate they, that they the also system. found that it was a very small corner of twitter that it wasn't actually having that much of an impact um and so my, my real mm. question is, like, you represent a bunch of media professionals. So you have an interest in protecting the, the, the existing news order rather than social media sharing, you know, democratization of media. Um, what is it you want to happen instead of a regulatory response? What is it exactly? So I think the first thing, like, can I talk about media literacy? Again, it, it's touched upon a little bit in today's report. It's the kind of it's the kind of last five recommendations speak about digital literacy. And again, I think there's a difference between literacy to find your way around social media and broader media and information literacy that helps you understand, if you like, the established order of legacy media, broadcasting, newspapers, and so on and so forth. Um, both both this review today, this report today, and the Ken Cross review into high quality journalism in the UK that we had last week speak to the need to do more in this area um, but they come up with conflicting recommendations and there's this kind of sort of tacit acceptance in today's report that well the government said in response to the interim report that well it's kind of happening through the school system so that's okay uh, mm. attached to kind of children's online safety and things like that I would contend that a very significant thing we could do is massively step up the focus on digital and media information literacy in this country and, so in other words beyond. concentrate in schools so you know, so yeah. do education and say, if you want to find out some information, get these are these are the trusted areas to go to, and these are not, you have to look at where they've come from. Is that right? Is I that think what you're giving saying? people the skills to make that discernment themselves, absolutely yes. But we also we have to we have to conflate this whole issue with the fact that the, the economic environment for legacy media in this country is so challenged, and so to, to kind of ignore that in today's report, I think, is an oversight. But isn't it difficult to, to ask people to have a level of sophistication that people who are casual users of, of media just aren't going to have, that people who just read the odd news story? And it's the, the sites are very clever in the way they present them, so surely there needs to be someone else stepping in to, to signpost the way to them. I don't, will education just be enough? So I think what, what I would like to see in education is that we, we, had a, we ran a tenure programme in Ukraine, for example, where we worked with the Ministry of Education, we worked with academia, and we had a significant impact, uh, the research suggests, on uh, citizens and young people's ability to, to make the kind of discernments that you're describing. And part of that is actually recognising that sometimes you just don't know the answers to those questions. So it's giving people the skills to know who they can trust and why, so that when they see something that might be a bit dubious or might be misleading or is in that kind of digital wild west or might be spreading at this great speed in Twitter, that they treat it, treat it with a pinch of salt. And the way that we've approached that is to teach it through a whole range of social disciplines from a very young age up to high school. And I, I, I just I don't see the recommendations in that area going, going that far uh, in, in this report. But, but we don't let people do that with television where it's regulated, when newspapers, uh, where the adjudications and corrections published. So 
why should we treat online, which essentially is doing the same thing, which mm. is providing information mm. to people? people why, why is that an exception? But people get a lot of joy. Sorry, a lo there's a lot of joy and value that people get from social media. Now we don't, you know, we do. When the TV is regulated, you're absolutely right. But YouTube, a lot of people get value from the fact that they can do a vlog, that they can go and recommend, they can go and like cook a recipe, they can look up a recipe. Yeah, you that. can do that, you but can... it's about whether it's just it's about whether you're actually put. You, yeah, but you, you, know, you, you can whip you've up. You've got to make you sure. You've got to make sure you don't kill the kill the the goose that lays the golden yes, eggs true. as well right and, yeah. and crackdowns on social media are not get a regulatory response you know the idea of that the government can decide what is hate speech and what isn't we've seen in the past few months that there have been people who have been contacted because they retweeted um a, you know an anti-transgender um mm. limerick or something so and they were contacted by their to their employer they were like that, that they have to decide that that's hate speech or not i'm very worried that the government is going to overreach um and i think everyone should be worried that they're going to be overreach i completely agree with you I mean, exactly. That therein lies the problem. And I, I think that actually what we needed from a rounded, rounded approach to media literacy and strengthening the environment is there is greater understanding of regulation in those other spaces as well. I don't think the average citizen understands the nuances between the way the press is regulated and the way broadcast is re regulated in this country. Mm -hmm. But I think that they, they should have that information available to them. And that's where we're going to leave it. Daniel Bruce, thank you very much. CEO of Internews. The time is 8.41.